You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. going on everybody this is bjn radio episode number 226 i am jimmy kemsky from phillyvoice.com with me as always is brandon lee gowton of bleedinggreennation.com brandon the eagles are now five and seven after a very disappointing frustrating loss to the trash new york giants last sunday how are you doing buddy Jimmy, I'm doing awful because the Eagles had a terrible loss, and now we have to talk about it. That's not fun. <laughs> this is supposed to be like the beginning of a stretch where, hey, maybe the Eagles, maybe they have a potential to win out or make a run at the NFC East because the Cowboys lose and choke on Thanksgiving. And instead, we're here talking about this game, which is just incredible that the Eagles found a way to lose. Of course, before we get into it all, I'll just say really quickly at the top, BGN Radio brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft jerky holiday season is coming up why don't you get some gifts for someone in your life by going to righteousselling.com using discount code bgn15 for 15 percent off jimmy where do we even start after a loss like that yeah i mean what you said is uh is at the top where like you get the dallas loss on everything went their way on thanksgiving by the way like the bears won uh over detroit which helps for draft positioning purposes uh, then the the Cowboys lose to the Raiders. Fun game to watch, by the way, too. And then at night, the uh, Saints lose, which helps the Eagles in their wild card pursuits if it comes to that. And everyone's happy. Like, everyone's like, that was a great Thanksgiving. All right, let's go uh, Sunday. And then Giants, uh, uh, they head into MetLife Stadium. And they just played like crap, man. Like, the defense kind of kept him in it for the most part, but that is the that's probably their worst offensive performance uh, of the season this year, and uh, certainly it's the worst uh, performance of Jalen Hurts's professional career, uh, in my opinion, so far with his uh, three interceptions. And uh, I mean, they really just couldn't move the ball at all unless they were running it. The run game was working for whatever reason. They got away from that at, at parts. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought that this loss really was uh was on the shoulders of uh Jalen Hurts and to a, a lesser extent uh Nick Sirianni and then of course uh they had a chance to win in the end but uh as Eagles receivers of uh yesteryear and currently tend to do uh they came up and Jalen Rager came up extraordinarily small uh in in a, you know when he had a chance to essentially win the game so I want to talk about like you know ranking some of the blame for this game here. Yep. Uh, first, I want to ask you though, really quickly, like how much do you buy that the Eagles were kind of like smelling themselves a little bit and took this game for granted? Because personally, I don't buy that. I don't think I don't that's either. what happened. Like I think some people are. It's, it's it's like a convenient way to kind of sell that game as like a one-off bad loss. Like oh, you know, just one of those days. 
I don't think that was the case. Like this is like I, like it's unforgivable. It's an unforgivable loss. There's no way you can spin this game that was like, well, you know, bad games happen. It's not even like the Giants played a good game. It's not like you ran into the Giants and like they just had a great right. game out of nowhere and like you kind of have to tip your hat to them. Giants stunk. I can't believe the Giants had four takeaways, Jimmy. I keep stressing this. Four <laughs> takeaways and they scored zero points off of those. That is crazy. That is it's like that feels like it's impossible to do. Um so when I look at blame in this game, it has to be it has to start with Jalen Hurts. He has to be the number one reason to me. I mean, this Giants defense is not the eighty five Bears out there. Like and they were missing some of their best players in terms of Jabril Peppers is on mm-hmm. IR, Logan Ryan Another starting safety on the COVID list. Blake they Martinez. lost. Blake Martinez is their best linebacker. He didn't play. They lost two of their top cornerbacks in Adoree Jackson mm-hmm. and Darnay Holmes in this game. Like this was not some amazing. They don't. The Giants don't have like one of the most fearsome pass rushes in the NFL. And even if they do, the Eagles have a really good offensive line. Like there's no good excuse for Jalen Hurts to be this bad in this game. Like you can talk about how okay he made some throws that were dropped, like the Greg Ward throw, and I want to get into that a little bit later. Um. Obviously, the plays at the end of the game to Jalen Rager, but like, here's the th- my thing with that, Jimmy is it's still a loss, even like in terms of, or it's still really bad, even if you do win that game. Like, it shouldn't have had to come down to the final play. It's the freaking Giants. Like, the fact that it had to come down to the final play is like an indictment already. Like, I know it's a win or loss kind of kind of deal here, and obviously you'd be a lot happier. A lot of people would be a lot happier if they did win, but like that's really it. Still, would be a really bad performance. You could have salvaged it at the end, sure, but like I just I and I, I hate this idea that like Jalen Hurts had them in the game at the end. Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah. while that is quite literally true on the final play, like Jalen Rager catches that pass and it's a different outcome of the game. Like. Again, he was gifted an amazing situation by the Giants not capitalizing off of four turnovers, three of which Jalen Hurts was responsible for. If the Giants get at least just one field goal, like three points off of those four turnovers, it's not a game at the end because it's a two-possession game instead of a six-point game at the end. So I want to hear that Jalen Hurts had them in position. Like Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni said it best. You have, th- you have three turnovers. It's not an A. It's not a B. Yeah. It's not a C. It's, a, it's not a D. It's an F. Jalen Hurts gets an F for this game. Yeah, on your point where like um the you know the Eagles smelling themselves in the in this one game. What where's the evidence of that? Like you know like it's not like all all week long heading up into this game, you know they were like talking like super cocky, uh super confidently like during press conferences or stuff like that. There's none of that going on. Like I, I don't think like all of a sudden this team thought that they were like invincible or like infallible or anything like that or like taking anyone lightly or anything like that. It's just they went out and they played like complete crap the offense did anyway um and as far as like hurts where you were you know the 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 idea that you know quote unquote he had them in the game at the end well no he didn't like the defense did the defense held the giants to 13 points as you mentioned the eagles turned it over four times somehow that didn't turn into any points you know the eagles on that on their what what was looking like it would be their last chance you know boston scott fumbles of course giants get the ball right back and then you know the eagles still have three timeouts Bang, bang, bang. They get three quick stops. They get the ball back again. So they get another chance for like one last drive. You know, Jalen Hurts dumps the ball down to Kenny Gainwell a couple times. Like, there's not really anything that like Hurts did on that drive to like get them in position. And like the throw that he made to Rager uh, down the left side, um, you know, the deep ball that Rager should have had for a touchdown initially, that was a good throw. Like, that was sure. like, a legitimately good throw. And then the throw that he made 
um, again, like three plays later to Rager, that should have been another game winner, another good throw. And he did a nice job sort of extending that play and uh, giving them a chance. I think Devontae Smith was absolutely wide open early on that play on his crosser. Like, and I wouldn't say wide open, but certainly open. Like Shane Steichen said for some reason that like he wasn't open. Of course he was open. Like, like what, what are you like? What, what are you trying to sell to us? Like, it's crazy. He's open. That is as open as you're going to get in, in like in the NFL a lot of times. Like, yeah, James Brad, like the, the argument was like, like James Bradley, excuse me, Bradbury undercut that route and sure okay but you throw it over his head to the gigantic area of the field right behind him where Devontae Smith can easily go get that ball so like the idea that like uh, so I think that like that they didn't even need to have the the final throw come down to Rager and of course if Rager just makes that catch and backs into the end zone like nobody's talking about this at all but the but the the bottom line kind of remains like Devontae Smith was open on that crosser and Hurts just didn't pull the trigger and that's been sort of like you know, we've we've talked about like Jalen Hurts' deficiencies throughout the year. And of course, number one is accuracy. Number two is sort of like, you know, bailing from the pocket and running a little too early. He's been better at that lately. Um, but another thing is just like there have been times where guys are open and he just doesn't let it rip for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I think Devontae was open. Devontae is going to score more than likely on that play, but they're going to get a good gain and they're going to be, you know, in good position to, uh, to maybe score uh, at the end of that game. And, and for whatever reason, he just didn't let it rip on that play. And, you know, another argument that Steichen made was that there was pressure and he had to, you know, get away from that or whatever. I don't buy that either. The pressure wasn't there yet when uh, Devontae Smith came open on that play. So uh, I reject that as well. But, yeah, really frustrating game overall. Uh, but and, and certainly, like, like I mentioned at the top, like it was wor- it was Hertz's worst professional performance to date. And I want to say, to be clear here, like I'm not saying this game alone means Jalen Hurts can't be the Eagles franchise quarterback. Of course, Just yeah. as you know, a really good game and a win does not mean he will be cementing himself as that. So I just want to, you know, add that, um, you know, clarification in here. We're just talking obviously about this game, although obviously, you know, this is a game that is very much stocked down for him. Oh, sure. And going back to the Steichen thing, like one of the things he said, I believe, was like, it would have been a tough throw or whatever. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm sick of the training wheels. Like, oh, it's a tough throw. He can't. Okay, make a tough throw then. Um, and I don't then think just, it was a tough throw. Like, you throw that. You can throw that with some touch over the top, and you're going to complete it pretty easily. I think. So I think even just putting that play aside, which is you know obviously hard to do, but putting that play aside, like Jalen Hurts has to take some responsibility too for the fact that. Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith did not get targeted enough mm-hmm. in this game. And I think Nick Sirianni should share some of that blame as well. But like, so does the quarterback for not actually targeting the good players on the team, especially in key spots. And it was crazy. Uh, I think Tim McManus put out a stat about how like this was Jalen Hurts's game with the most tight window throws of his career. It's like, okay. So at one point during Nick Sirianni's press conference on Monday, he talked about how like you can't necessarily force feed your top guys. I'm like, I really don't agree with that, Nick. And you were kind of force feeding it to bad guys. So why not throw to the good guys who can actually might be able to make a play if you're going to force the issue? Um, so I thought that was frustrating, uh, from this game as well. The thing that I go back to was what I said going into the game, Jimmy, in terms of we did a podcast last week, you know, about the sustainability of the offense and 
the, the thing I kept coming back to was like Jalen Hurts is averaging 19.5 attempts per game in these last four games before the Giants game. And like, that's just not sustainable. That much is not going to cut it when the average team is throwing about like 35 times per game. The team that throws the, or have, has the lowest pass attempts per game is like the Bears are like 29 or whatever, like 19. Point five. I mean, asking Jalen Hurts to throw 31 times like he was on Sunday, I, I do think Nick Sirianni, you know, didn't stick with the run a little bit early on. I think he could have run the ball a little bit more earlier on. But like at the end of the day, 31 pass attempts is really not this like incredible right. ask of a quarterback. And to complete only like what, 40 percent or whatever he I think did, it's 14 to 31. Yeah, and he has a, a 17.5 pass rating and, like, a gotta-have a game and a must, like, in a really important game. Not gotta-have it in terms of, like, must win, the season is over. But, like, what we talked about with the momentum and trying to, like, stay alive in the NFC East and it's there for the taking and to have that bad of a game in this moment, like, that really stings. That That's really, really bad. Um so I don't want to hear any apologies for Jalen Hurts this week. Like this is again, it's it's an F. You can you can say whatever you want in terms of like drops, whatever. Like it's it's a it's an F grade for me. I think he's the biggest reason why they lost. I do too. I will give him credit though. Like uh, unlike the last quarterback that was here, he does take accountability for it. Like yeah. he said in his press conference after the game, like you know, like it's not this game is not on Jalen Rager, it's on me. And you know, so he and and his head coach were both in agreement that like you just didn't play well enough to win this game on your force feed. Uh, comment like Jalen Rager is getting seven targets in this game and Goddard and Smith are getting seven combined so like you know if if you know an opposing defense is creating that situation then it's a huge win for them because if you're not targeting you know your two best receivers in in the passing game the opposing defense will take that like they'll take that all day and the Eagles other you know weapons in their offense in the passing game aren't good enough to take advantage of of, you know, when, when other guys are maybe getting a little bit more attention, but that's not even the case, according to Nick Sirianni, uh, in this game, like he was asked after the game, you know, like, were they doing anything over the top to take away, uh, Devante and Goddard? And he said, no, they ran their defense and, um, it wasn't anything that we weren't expecting. Jalen Hurts said the same thing. Jalen Hurts also got asked the same question, and uh, he said, "No, they they ran their they ran their defense." In fact, near, Nick Sirianni said, "Like, yeah, James Bradbury played a lot on him, but we actually liked uh, that matchup in favor of Devontae. Um, So, like, all right, so what? Like, what are we doing here? Like, mm-hmm. why why can't these guys get more? Tar- and we, you know, you and I have been screaming all year that yeah. they need to target. Them. Like, even before this game, even after we've, wins, we've we've sort of thought that like he has not been getting as many targets as he should be getting. Because let's face it, like he is far better than any other receiver on this roster. It's not even close. So like if like you don't have to force, like if he's getting double teamed or bracketed or whatever you want, that's not happening. But even if you were like, all right, so I can get that. But as like, um, as from a, game planning play calling perspective you got to find ways to to generate targets for him to get him open um so that he can get his targets and and you know he can get his catches and stay involved and and you know be a part of the offense because he's he's your best player he's your best skill position player so you have to get him involved more than he is and he was pissed after the game Dante Smith like he threw his helmet and you know like 
I kind of like that. <laughs> like, I kind of like that uh, that he that he showed some fire, and uh, you know, because he knows how good he is, and he know, and he was open, like not just on that last play of the game, but open, you know, at other times, in my opinion, uh, watching it for the press box. Like, I, I thought he was open other times, and and just didn't get the ball. So, yeah, again, like uh, I'm with you. I, I think this game uh, falls mostly on the shoulders of Jalen Hurts with uh, some sprinkles of Nick Sirianni, and then of course. Jalen Rager, man, he, he just—he's <laughs> got nothing, man. He's got nothing. Like he does. Like what does he do well? Mm. Yeah, like he, like it's not even like, hey, at least he's you know kind of giving you something on special teams. Like teams clearly, as I said last week after the Saints game, but also saw again the Giants—they're kicking short of the end zone because they see Jalen Rager as a weakness. They want him yep. to—they want the ball in his hands. And then obviously he isn't doing much as a punt returner either. I think he looks so especially like unsudden back there. Like if you give him an alley, like he can run straight through it and like take it to the house. But like he can't get to the alley because he can't. There's no lateral like explosiveness with him. It's just like he's so easily tackled on these punt returns. Like you, you get near him and he goes down. Um, like you had a stat. I don't know if he published this or not, but he was talking about this in the uh, media house today. He said that uh, Rager, like the last time there was a, there was a guy that uh, had fewer than six yards per punt return and yeah. like eight yards per catch. Like the last time that happened was it was some guy's name I never heard of from like the seventies, <laughs> like the last time that happened. So uh, I don't know if he already put that out there, but uh, it, like he was talking about that in the, or in the, uh, in, in the, in the media house today. So that will be up eventually. I would, I would assume if it's not already, but yeah, I mean, he's just giving them nothing like on the short game on these screens. Like he had that one screen that he took the house against, uh, against Atlanta. And since then, nothing, nothing. Like they don't run normal, traditional, like full route tree stuff with him. And, you know, like the deep ball, like he's got like some speed. He beat that guy on that final finish the play, and he couldn't. He just didn't finish the play. And I mean, he, the, he's sort of like a negative. Like he's he's like doing more damage to the team, yeah. than he is just being like at least like when they have JJ, like JJ. out there, like he's doing nothing too. He actually did have <laughs> a catch in this game for a first down, and he had the big one uh, against the Saints as well. But beyond that, like he's basically been a zero. But at least it's a zero as opposed to a negative, which is what you're getting from Rager right now. Uh, and I can't believe, like, it's, it's really fitting that there's this tweet that came out before the game um, from Tim McManus talking uh, with 97.5 The Fanatic on their pregame show or whatever. And the quote was, I think behind the scenes, the coaching staff is happy with Rager's development. End right. quote. And that was before the game. Um, We're certainly not just, picking on Tim, to be clear on that. No, yeah. So and, it's and I'm not that Tim's hearing, yeah. Correct. Yeah, I'm not doubting T-Mac at all, but, like, I believe that. I believe that the coaching staff might actually think that. And it's crazy to me because, like, yeah, again, what are you pointing to? And I feel bad for Jalen Rager in the sense of, like, it wasn't his fault that, like, the Eagles took him over Justin Jefferson. Obviously, right. he, he did not choose that, and he has to deal with that now, and that really stinks. Uh, obviously, I think, although a lot of Jalen Rager struggles, you know, like, I can't, like, feel bad for him in that sense. I think some of them are uh, self-inflicted or whatever. Uh, but, man – that miss is catastrophic to me. Like, I know teams miss in the draft and like, you know, you're never going to nail them all, but this miss is really bad. And it was never a case of like, Oh, like this made the most sense at the time. And it just looks bad in hindsight. No, like everyone was a lot or not everyone. A lot of people were saying this is a really stupid pick in the moment. And somehow like it still gets made. And after the fact, like I think earlier this off season, we see that, well, the, 
coaching staff really wanted Jalen Rager, and it was the front office who actually wanted Justin Jefferson. Well, it's like so that makes me wonder: like, is the organization even counting this as a miss for them? Because like the coaching staff is gone, at least a large part of it. So if that's the case, that's even more frustrating because like they have this catastrophic, terrible miss, and then like they're not even like you know taking the L on it. Like they're not fully like, hey, you know, we we did mess up there. Like that was a big mistake. I mean, I, I think Howie would tell you if you're you out on truth serum or whatever that you know obviously they picked the wrong guy, but like is the accountability there for that? Cause it doesn't seem to be. Uh, so that adds to the frustration of it all, at least for me, like he's just so bad. Uh, I said it back in the off season to me. Like I, I never bought the Jalen Rager breakout thing. Like he didn't do anything in training camp. He didn't do anything other than make some on, one-handed catches. catches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one-on-one drills. Who, who freaking cares? One-on-one, not a real football <laughs> thing. Like not a team sport. In 11 on 11, he did nothing. And he's basically doing that much in the regular season too. Although you could, you could argue like even worse, he's damaging the team. I don't think they can really do anything with him. Like that's what everyone, you know, wants to talk about now, right? Like moving forward. Like what do you do with him? Do you bench him? Do you cut him? I don't think they can do anything with him because, and this is also on the, like the front office and Howie and everything because there's no viable alternatives here. Despite the fact that you've spent so many resources on wide receivers in these past few years, a second round pick on JJ, a first round pick on Rager, uh, obviously a first round pick on Devante who's looking good, but like, man, they're just, they're just in a really bad spot with him. Yeah, they, Nick Sirianni got asked after the after the game, uh, if, uh, you know, if if there were, if benching him was on the table, and he basically said no. <laughs> like for who? Like, who are you benching him for? Like, like he didn't even have time to think about it. Like really, as the week sort of progressed, like immediately he just said no because they play all five receivers first of all, and if you do bench him, you're benching him in favor of Greg Ward, who isn't going to give you much and hurt them in this game as well, and JJ Arthur Whiteside. So like. <sighs> Yeah, they're just really thin at that position in terms of guys that – Quiz Watkins is okay. Um, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's been – he made a nice catch in this game. Um, but I sort of – I thought we were going to see a little bit more from him this year than, than we have so far. Not to get off track, but I wanted to also touch on your point that you made about, you know, this is not like, you know, hindsight being 2020. No. With Because I remember like on draft day uh, and leading up to the draft, I thought that he was going to have to trade up to get Jefferson, like to 19, because it was the Raiders at 19 and the Jaguars at 20 and the Eagles at 21. And I looked at that Jaguars roster and like, they don't, they have nothing at wide receiver and they're going to need a weapon for their, for, you know, what, you know, whoever, whoever their quarterback is eventually going to be. And um, they didn't move up. They sat there at 21. I don't know if they had opportunities to move up or not, but obviously they weren't interested in it because they knew they were going to take Rager the whole time uh, over Jefferson. But when they got to 21, like as a writer, I was I was banging it out. Like as soon as they were on the clock, I'm like, okay, well, I can't believe that Justin Jefferson slipped all the way to 2021. So like 21, and I'm like typing furiously. You know, the Eagles take Justin Jefferson, and I'm like getting my post already. And then they make the pick. I'm like, you gotta what? <laughs> really? They took Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson? Are you kidding me? So I had to quickly like you know delete that post and write a whole new one. But I couldn't believe that they took – I mean, I had him like – I'm not a scout or anything like that. He was like my ninth or tenth, like, you know, best receiver in that draft in my opinion. And Rager I, was. Yeah, yeah, Rager was. Je- Jefferson I had like – I want to say fourth or fifth or something. I think it was fifth. It was a really strong wide receiver class. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this there is no like hindsight going on here. And same thing with like JJ and, and DK Metcalf. Like everyone would have preferred DK Metcalf. So, like they drafted DK Metcalf like – 
instantaneously. Everyone was like, oh my God, I can't believe we got DK Metcalf at 50 something. JJ Ortega White was like, yeah, okay. Uh, all right. That's fine, I guess. <laughs> but like, it's crazy that like, uh, the overthinking that goes into some of their draft decisions, like they drafted Rager, it came out because they wanted, um, they, they felt that like an outside lane receiver was more valuable than what they perceived Jefferson to be, which was like a high volume slot guy. And he's not that like he played inside and outside at LSU. He's clearly playing uh, all over. He's playing all of the formation for the Vikings and is clearly having no problems getting open uh, against NFL defensive backs and is obviously dominating his, his rookie year. He's playing well again in his second year. But man, what a what a big, big miss that was in that draft. A, a big miss, and I, I I need to stress like you can't just absolve the process because the process is really bad. You said overthinking. I think part of it is hubris too for an organization that has consistently missed so much at wide receiver. Like again, I bring it up all the time how he's only wide receiver that he drafted, and hopefully Devontae's going to break this, but that he extended a draft pick of his was Riley Cooper. Like mm-hmm. this is a position they've consistently missed on, and at the end of the day, because I don't care about the coaching staff. Like Howie Roseman makes the final decision, he's turning the card in, whatever. Like at the end of the day. Howie Roseman had the hubris to be like, you know what? I know better. I, I've outsmarted everyone this time. I know that Justin Jefferson isn't the guy. And that to me is so egregious. And that's what makes me kind of like down on Howie as a whole and concerned moving forward. Because it's not just about like one bad miss that could happen to anyone. It's like this thinking, the line of thinking is what troubles me the most. Like this very like, we know better. We're smarter than everyone. No, you're not. So, uh, and now I will say to Howie's credit, I think he didn't overthink it this year when he took yes. Devontae Smith and that was a big argument. So maybe he's learned from that, but like, but the damage is done in terms of missing on Jefferson. It's really damaging to not take him and end up with, I think, I think there's an argument to be made. It's like the biggest delta in terms of like at least one position, like a team has ever missed on. Like it, it's huge. Like the gap from Justin Jefferson to Rager is huge. It's, it's a, it's, it's enormous. And, uh, I do want to touch on Sirianni before we get off of the Giants game completely. Uh, cause we kind of, you talked on it earlier. Like I saw, I think some of the usage was like too cute, uh, confounding. I feel like sometimes this offense is a little bit like, little league like we have to get everyone involved like no like get them all to your best players like you don't have to hold everyone's hand with this like oh we yeah. have to get jj a rep we have to get greg ward a rep i in a in a vacuum like i get how i think you said this and other people were like the greg ward play first and goal was fine because you know he just dropped the ball it was a good play but mm-hmm. like in a vacuum i agree with that but in a larger context in like a really important time in the game when you have this goal to go series and you don't have any points yet why is Greg Ward, who hasn't caught a ball since week four, like the first guy long? you're going to there? Yeah. Eesh. Like, like that's the situation. Like, that's what you're going to in that situation. Again, like, why couldn't it be Devontae Smith instead there? Like, and, and that's the other part of it. It's not just about getting it to Greg Ward. It's like at a time too, where Devontae only has a couple targets and Goddard only has like a couple targets. Like, it's just, I don't love that line of thinking. Um, so I didn't I like would that. Say, I would say in defense of that one play though, sorry to cut you off, but like that, at least like that kind of route is what he can do. And he can, and like in theory, he, you know, has been at least acceptable catching the football, uh, which he didn't do in that, you know, on that play, of course. But like, I think like it's at least, um, I think it's at least uh, defensible that they went to him in that scenario because it's sort of what he's good at doing. 
Well, the theme of this all still is, I guess, what I have the bigger issue with at the end of the day in terms of, like, you have that play, and then there was that sequence where they had the turnover on downs where on third and two or whatever, when they could have just run the ball, like, in a really obvious situation, they throw to Kenny Gainwell for, like, his first, like, snap, I think, of the game on a third and two where he's lined up, like, in the slot and, you know, their pick play goes wrong or whatever. But, like, why is he the target there? Again, no Devontae, no Goddard, no running the ball. clearly the first read on that play, too. Yes. Yeah, like, clearly a design play. And then then on fourth down, they go to Rager. Like, what are we doing? Like, that (laughs) – and, again, that was also looked to be designed. Like, you know, there's there's some responsibility, some blame to take for Hurts in there. But Sirianni, too, like, I don't want to give Sirianni an F in this game. Um, But, I mean, again, it's it's not a very good grade. But I don't think he was the biggest reason. But I, I do have a lot of criticisms in just terms of the usage. Like it was so bizarre. Like I really just didn't like that at all. So and then not not to like be the run the ball guy, but like nobody is stopping you in your run game. Nobody has been able to stop you over the last like five games. And the Giants weren't either. The Eagles were running for over six yards per carry in this game. And it's not like they had like a lot like like their best run was the one by Sanders down the left sideline, which was like what, like twenty yards, something like that, somewhere in that ballpark. So it's not like they had this one run that's skewing these yards. Like they were getting positive yards on every single run. The offensive line was completely dominating their defensive line. They like Tay Crowder, their their linebacker, I think was forty eight. That dude sucks. And like, <laughs> like that dude one was just totally avoiding contact in that game. Just keep pounding it. Like it's crazy that they got away from it during, you know, large stretches of that game. And as you mentioned earlier, like 31 pass attempts really isn't a lot. I, mean, I think you were talking about this more in terms of like um, they they weren't asking you know Jalen Hurts to do an extraordinarily amount uh, relative mm-hmm. to other quarterbacks around the league. But I mean the way that they were running the ball, 31 pass attempts was far too many with the way that he was playing in that game. Sure, uh, and and I agree with that. He could have done better. I, I I don't like how like you can't say that's the reason they lost the game, and I don't think a lot of people are. Um, no, I think that's just a fair criticism. Uh, so Jimmy, any other final thoughts, I guess, from the Giants game? Yeah, I guess just, um, um, they blew it. <laughs> like yeah. they had it, they, like if they had won this game, they're within a game and a half of Dallas and they're sitting in the seven seed, by the way, they're six and six. And they're like, if the playoffs ended today, they're in. And now like they're 11th in the NFC and granted there's like, there's, they're only what, like a half game behind, uh, the, the team that that's in the seventh seed spot right now, the football but, team. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy that that they uh, hold that spot right now. Um, but yeah, I mean they they had a like they had a legitimate sort of hope of winning the division if they win this game because you're going to beat the Jets this week in theory, and then you know the we, we've talked at length about the the ease of their schedule uh, down the stretch here. Dallas has a couple few you know has a few tough games left. We're looking at like maybe a week 18 showdown between the Cowboys and the Eagles, which would have been fun mm-hmm. as hell. That's yep. out the window now. Forget about that. They can still win the wild card in theory. I mean, the NFL added that seventh uh, playoff uh, qualifier to each conference. So it makes it a lot easier to make the playoffs nowadays. So, you know, maybe they still get in, but um, you know, the, the idea of them competing for the division was legit and now not. It's really disappointing, like just letting the Cowboys off the hook, like not to be, uh, yes. what's his name? 
Den- uh, Dennis Den- Green. Green. Yeah, yeah. They, they let him off. The, they really did. They let him <laughs> off the hook. Like there, they, there have been so much pressure on the Cowboys. If the Eagles, you know, win this game, and then maybe somehow the Cowboys slip against the Saints, like there'll be you know a lot of pressure. And now it's just like Dallas is like, oh, phew. Like the Eagles like really crap the bed, and then we can kind of just you know uh, feel like we can get back into it. Um, we just basically one, complained for the first half hour of this podcast. <laughs> one last thing, um, like the defense. Uh, the way I'll phrase it is like. They uh like they didn't uh lose this game. Obviously, they didn't lose the game because of the mm-hmm. defense. In Jim Swartz parlance, though, I would not give them a gold star. I don't think this was like an A plus effort Agreed. from the defense. Like, first of all, the Giants are just really bad in offense, and they were missing like their top two receivers in Kadarius Tony. Another reason why losing this game is terrible. They were missing Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard and like two of their top three tight ends. Um two offensive line starters. Offensive line starters, and they got and one Jones sack. Got hurt on the second play of the game, by the way. Well, yeah, and, and it it's even worse, <laughs> right? And now, in hindsight, that he got banged up, uh, had a neck injury. Uh, they didn't force a turnover against one of the most like turnover prone quarterbacks in the league. Uh, they didn't have a sack until the end of the game, which is like Daniel Jones gave himself up because yeah. he wanted to make the Eagles burn their final timeout. So it was right. like a gift of a sack. They only hit him five times too, like. I'm not gonna, you know, kill the defense after this, but like, I don't want to hear that. Like, you know, it was an A plus performance for them. I just felt the need to say that it was they they did their job ultimately, and they mm-hmm. they should have won the game, uh, and they didn't play bad. I'm not gonna rip them, but like, you know, they're not like I don't know. That's no, the defensive no, no gold line, stars. I, I think the defensive line is is worth uh, criticizing a little bit here because they just haven't. They the Eagles have so many resources tied up in that line, you know, either draft pick or financially more so financially than traffic, but like they're just not getting enough uh out of that group that's supposed to be like one of the you know the best units on the team like you don't have a sack and like you said you only have five quarterback hit, quarterback hits over the course of the game it's not enough against what was in my opinion the worst offensive line that they faced so far this year and they've yeah. faced plenty of really bad offensive lines so far this year. Like, they're starting Nate Solder at right tackle, like one of the worst players in the NFL a couple years ago. <laughs> I mean, you have like, um, two, you know, two backups playing at left guard and at center. Their left tackle, like Andrew Thomas, really, like, we talked about this on, in the lead up to the game. It's like the only legitimate starter on that team. The other guys were all like below average, uh, you know, below replacement level starters, in my opinion. And they just didn't capitalize on it. Fletcher Cox has two sacks in his last 16 games, zero in his last seven. Uh, I think he's been better recently, but like, mm-hmm. again, highest paid player on the team. You need more. Um, Josh Sweat, outside of the Lions game this year, he has one and a half sacks in He's got 11 no games. sacks and one QB hit since that game in the last four. Yeah, like, I mean, come on. Derek Barnett, two sacks in his last 15 games. Mm-hmm. Um, Milton Williams this year, one sack. Two tackles for loss, three quarterback hits in 12 games. I know he's not getting a ton of playing time, and I think he's flashed. Ryan Kerrigan just made his second tackle of the season in 251 <laughs> snaps. Like, you know, everyone's talking about the second time he appeared in the stat sheet all year. Yeah, right. I mean, just like, you know, the defensive line is supposed to be the strength of the team, and not to say like they're a weakness of the team, but like, you know, kind of could kind of be nice if they forced a turnover in this game, at least one. All right. Uh, anyway, now that we're done bitching, <laughs> I guess about Eagles, although they deserved it. I mean, this is this is very deserved. Like, hey, if they came out and blew out the Giants, we'd be singing their praises and we'd be talking about it. It's on them. Like, give us some good stuff to talk about. You didn't give us anything good to talk about. Right. Um, so, uh, so if you like we'll positivity, this has not been a uh, an enjoyable listen for these first thirty well, thirty four minutes. I think it's therapeutic. I would hope, at least, Jimmy, that yeah, you kind of get it out. out. We're just telling it how it is. I mean, what do you want me to do? 
So I don't know how it works. Maybe they play bad. They lost to a bad team. What do you want me to do? Uh, that's what Francesa would have been saying if the Eagles uh, actually won uh, and beat the Giants. Uh, I don't know how it works in your family, Jimmy, but in my family, uh, I think one thing that we do really well is we kind of just don't hang on to things. And we have a problem. You just say it and you get it out and you don't take it personally. You just you hear it and then you move on and then we're all good. But like sometimes you just got to get it out. You know, you don't want to hang on to it. So that's what we're trying to do here. Um, before we go to break, Jimmy, I want to tell you about obviously Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You can go to Righteous Felon dot com use discount code bgn15 for 15% off meat snacks i also want to tell you about wildnaturepet.com which i mentioned for dog treats i want to read a little bit from their website because i thought this is interesting wildnaturepet.com they the treats here are real superfood nutrition in upcycled ingredients so they describe their treats as soft and smoky dog jerky sticks made in the usa they're free of wheat, corn, and soy. They're the perfect blend of natural and healthy high proteins and active wellness ingredients that support a healthy skin and coat immunity and digestion for your dog. So go check that out at wildnaturepet.com. Use the same discount code you can use at uh, righttosellin.com. It's BGN15 for 15% off. Jimmy. Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on 
BGN Radio. What did you do during the break, Jimmy? I uh, swiveled around in my chair a little bit. That's true. That's That's about it. It was only about like a three-second break, maybe. Not even in real time. <laughs> I'm still swiveling. <laughs> so before, before we get into the Jets preview, I thought we should cover some news of the week, which is Jalen Hurts did say he is going to indeed play despite suffering an ankle injury and Nick Sirianni kind of being uh, not – quite fully definitive about his status for this week. So Hertz will be playing no Gardner Minshew. Was a ha- I thought that was a half-assed um, gamesmanship effort by them, by Nick, uh, in my opinion. It was, there was never any debate whether he was going to play in this Jets game or not. Come on, stop. Got a gamesmanship against the Jets. You got to look for every <laughs> edge you can. Sadly, it's true, given that they just lost to this trash Giants team. Uh, well, what was today? Wednesday? Four days ago. Mm-hmm. Three days, ago. three days ago, a couple of days ago, a few days ago, Whatever. several days ago. Sure. How do you feel Depending about several versus few? Few is what? Few is always like three in my mind, right? Is it? Well, couple is two, right? Yeah. You can't say like couple about four things. That's not. It's more than a couple of things. It's two couples of things. Right. Couple is two for sure, but I don't few think would be few, three to me. I don't think few means three. To me, it does. At least three. At least three. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I would say a few a few is at least three. I wouldn't use a few I wouldn't use a few about two. I mean, maybe you could if you just didn't know, like, oh I don't there was a few, whatever. I I don't know. It could have been two, it could have been three, whatever. That's fine. But like if you know it's three, you can't and like you could say a couple or sorry, if you know it's two and you could say couple instead of few, then that would be bad. And then several I don't know, several feels like maybe four to me. Several also feels like at least three, more than two. Yeah. Um all right. This is good. A plethora would be plethora. like five or more at least. So uh, as listeners may know, I watch Survivor. <laughs> and there's this quote from – I forget who it is. Bad job by me. But Rob uh, Sesternino, I listen to from Rob as a podcast, really good Survivor podcast. Um, there, he always brings up this quote from someone on that show who once said like a plethora amount of things, which is just – no. That's not that's not how that word works. <laughs> a plethora it's not amount. like a plethora amount. Okay. Uh, well, plethora is from – I mean was made famous by the movie uh, The Three Amigos. Did you ever see that? No. Yeah, you're young. It's with Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Chevy Chase. Nice. And- they're cow- they're like movie actors and they I don't know, I'm not gonna get into the whole plot, but uh the bad guy says a plethora and they talk about the meaning of the word plethora for like a solid minute or two during the movie. They talked about it for a plethora of time. <laughs> um uh one thing that was this with you, Jimmy, that I was complaining? I think it was about the the person who wrote literally turning into a dinosaur. Remember I was talking about that? <laughs> yeah, that was on the last podcast, yeah. Well, a listener reached out um, and they sent me a definition. I think it was our, my good friend, uh, Ed here, uh, sent me, yeah, our good friend, Ed G, uh, wrote in and pointed out that one definition of literally, uh, is figuratively, which I just, that makes no sense to me. What? So like, it's kind of like the height slash height thing that is technically true that Doug would always, Doug Peterson would always say and is technically correct, but I don't agree with that. And he, he linked me, he linked me to MarianWebster.com. And mm-hmm. if you look at it, I think it does say one of the definitions for literally is figuratively, but that is so stupid to me. That's, that's no, I don't agree with that. Uh, anyway, there's a comedian, uh, David Cross, 
who uh, had a whole bit on the on literally and actually used football as an analogy to that where like football announcers would be like he literally ripped his head off on that play and it's like, no he didn't he didn't rip his head yeah. off on that play <laughs> that's what i mean that's how we should be using it mm-hmm. uh anyway uh, you can really tell this is Eagles Jets week based on the conversation we're having in the Eagles Jets segment. <laughs> right. I mean, what's there to say about the Jets, Jimmy? They stink. They're terrible. Uh, they have a couple wins, right? Or a few. Oh, they, dang it. Now they, somehow, they won, somehow they won three games this year. So they beat the Bengals. Titans. And I think that was like the, the Mike White game. And then they beat the Titans, unless that was also the Mike White game. And then they beat who else? They uh, beat, um, Zach Wilson has two wins. I know that from looking at him. Yeah, and then they beat – who else did they beat? Uh, the Texans? Did they beat them? I don't know. They beat the no, Texans No, they just lost last to them. Week. Or, yeah, so that's it. Duh. Yeah, yeah, it was just the last game. Duh. Uh, Zach Wilson's terrible. I mean, he's really bad. Four touchdowns, ten interceptions this year. I think he has, like, the worst passer rating in the league. He's just – just looks really bad out there. Um, Four the Jets- touchdowns, ten interceptions. He's only that's what played- I just said. Oh, did you? I'm sorry. He's only <laughs> he's only played uh, seven games, so he missed – you know, Flacco had a start. Uh, as yeah. you mentioned, Mike White Mike played White. Uh, played a few games, so he's been a little banged up. But um, yeah, he's also the lowest QBR uh, in the NFL mm-hmm. in addition to QB rating. Uh, his completion percentage is like I think the only one that's worse is Trevor Simeon, who's benched now. Like Taysom Hill is going to be starting for for the Saints going forward. It looks like. So yeah, I mean he's a rookie, and um, you expect that out of a rookie, especially with a bad team around him, but. Uh, he hasn't done much to uh, to sort of make Jets fans feel great about taking him with the number two overall pick in the twenty. By the way, the Eagles like were interested, uh, yeah. according to a report from Ian Rappaport, of trading up for him, and but Mortensen they realized too. they yeah. they couldn't get up that high. And um, subsequent, I mean, that came out when they traded back from six mm-hmm. uh, to twelve uh, with with uh, Miami. So. Um, yeah, they, they had, maybe they dodged a bullet, uh, on that one by not being able to get, to go up and, and get this guy. Uh, yeah, I think he's looked pretty bad again. It's a rookie an actual rookie, like not like <laughs> someone who happened to start four games last year and then somehow is still being called a rookie in right. his second season. And he's not subjectively a rookie. Uh, so, so Wilson doesn't mean good. Um, Jets defense also stinks, man. They're allowing the highest passer rating on average. As a whole, like their team, like they have the number thirty first, I believe, passing defense DVO. Like it's it's a really I know Robert Sala, you know, is supposed to like you know, or, or Bobby Sala, whatever you want to call him, is hanging his hat. I don't think anyone calls him that uh, on defense, but like you know, the Jets defense stinks. The talent on this team isn't good. And to your credit, Jimmy, you pointed this out as you do every year at roster cutdowns, where you take the average age of all the teams, mm-hmm. and the Jets are the youngest team. That's part of the, like that's part of their deal. Is like they shouldn't be good. They're incredibly young. Like they have this very young roster. Um, so I, I don't know. They're just they're really really bad. There's no reason to me the Eagles should lose this game. We saw these teams uh, play against each other in joint practices back in August uh, during training camp. I remember after one of those practices, Joe Douglas was walking. Uh, like I don't. I saw him and I said hi and uh, I asked him what he thought of his, uh, I asked him what he thought of uh, of his team and he goes uh we're young <laughs> which to me meant we're not that good um but he said that we're young and as you mentioned he they're the youngest team in the league so he was accurate they they are young for sure uh but when you and I both kind of had the uh the same uh take on them during training camp 
which was a they're bad and b mm-hmm. this is more your take than mine but they just didn't yeah. have any juice like they just had nothing they didn't seem to care that they were getting their asses handed to them each day in training camp uh their fans kind of seemed to expect it as well uh yeah. the people that that showed up to training camp and uh really what what where the Eagles really dominated them in those practices was like their defensive line was absolutely destroying their offensive line. And actually their offensive line isn't that bad. Like from left to right, it's, uh, it's Fant. Uh, left tackle is uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, who they took in the first round this year. Connor McGovern's the center, the right guard. They just traded for uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, the doctor. Chiefs guy. Yeah. And um, the right tackle, I think they actually got after joint practices, like they got him close to the season is Morgan Moses, who the Eagles have seen a ton of when he was with Washington for so many years. Uh, Makai Becton, who is uh, mm-hmm. just an enormous human being of a man at a six, seven, three sixty five, I believe um, he was their first round pick in 2020 had a good rookie season. He's out or not. He's probably out for this game. Um, He's eligible, I think, to come off. He's on IR. He's eligible to come off, though, at any time. But I read somewhere he's probably going to be out for this game. So, you know, that's sort of like where Joe Douglas seems to want to build this team uh, first is along their offensive line. So they're not horrible uh, along the line, but um, the Eagles absolutely destroyed them uh, during joint practices, uh, really on both sides of the line, but especially like their defensive line was just killing them. Hargrave, especially too. I yes. think he was more than anyone. Uh, Javon Hargrave was destroying them. Um, so we'll see if he can have a big game. Obviously, he kind of been more quiet recently, yep. aside from the gift of a sack that he had. <laughs> I thought he thought he was getting some good pressure against the yeah. Giants, and he has been in recent weeks. But he, you know, let's see some sacks here. I think like he's deserving of a of, of a gift sack. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not trying to take it away from him, yeah. but like you know, let's, let's, let's continue to not just have you know like a good start and then go quiet. Uh, I. So kind of what you were saying there, the vibe I had, I guess, about the Jets, because we were standing – this this is when this crystallized for me. We were standing behind the Jets' sideline uh, later in practice when they were doing the full team drills, mm-hmm. whereas, like, you know, the Eagles were on the opposite sideline from us. And I was just kind of, like, looking at the players there and kind of gauging, like, their body language and their reactions. And they were getting, you know, smoked by the Eagles, like, dominated. <laughs> yes. And it's like they weren't, like, frustrated. And it's a practice. I don't need them to act like they lost the Super Bowl. But, like, I don't know. It just seems like whereas the Eagles had a ton of energy and they were fired up, the Jets were just like, eh, like, you know. And also just the names on the jerseys. I think part of that is a talent thing, too. Like, like who are these guys? Like, I don't know these players. <laughs> like, these, like these, none of these people stand out. Like, Marcus May, okay, I know him. And, like, some fans were kind of chirping him from the stands. You know, like in like you know, like like hyping them up or whatever, but yeah. like no one else. So there's just not a lot of juice to this Jets team. That's like at the all. beginning They're- of uh, Major League, where like the fan, like the 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 movie about the Cleveland Indians, where like they nobody the fans don't know any of the players' names, and the guys like reading the paper, he's like Mitchell Friedman. Who are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of like this Jets roster too. Like I was even just looking through, like just writing their injury report. I was yep. looking at like their their guys on IR. And uh, I like I'll just kind of sort of list like all the noteworthy guys, and I had to Google all of them just to make sure that like because there's one guy I never heard of, and he started six games for them this year. So mm-hmm. like you know he, like I don't even know like a lot of the a lot of the names of, of these guys on 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 this team but again because they're super young and like just a lot of guys that they're kind of like pulling off the street or like undrafted free agents that that tend to make teams like this. So the Jets stink. Again, to me, there should be no way the Eagles lose this game. Now, I said that kind of against the Giants, but I feel especially – like the Jets are worse than the Giants to me. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, and also just the fact that like, this isn't a division game. Like there's, and you just, you're coming off a bad loss. Like there's no, it's not like, Oh, the Eagles, this is a trap game. They overlooked the Jets. Like, no, like that's not the situation. The question I put down in the show sheet, Jimmy, to you is like, if the Eagles lose this game somehow, which I don't think they will, but if they do, like, someone someone getting like fired or benched like that's this is something you can't you can't lose to both the giants in the jets back to back but like losing to the jets at all is like terrible they're done if they lose this game right they gotta be right? i mean yeah right i mean, I mean yeah. they, they might already be done in terms of they might not be able to make the playoffs at this point but they still have a chance but do, do you know what the eagles uh all-time series now. record is against the jets i do they're 11 to 0 they've never lost to the new york football jets one time that's another reason why I feel like I mean it doesn't matter whatever but like it, it would be embarrassing it, it would it'd be like a cherry on top of a very embarrassing loss this team you've never lost to you lost to them for the first time right when they're at like when it's one of their worst rosters yeah I mean ever. they're a traditionally really bad team in fact they have the worst record in the NFL by game uh, they're a game worse than the New York Giants since <laughs> the Eagles the start, just lost to <laughs> since the start of the 2017 season. Yeah, they're terrible. Um, they haven't been to the playoffs, I think, in a really long time, too. Right? I think they might have the, if I'm not mistaken, they might have the longest playoff drought in the NFL. Making the playoffs um, or winning a playoff game? Maybe both. Maybe not both. No, One of those winning two a playoff things. game, like, that's been dominated by okay. the Lions and the Bengals. Okay. Uh, well, then, yeah, I think it's making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got to be it. Um, I think because I think it was back during, like, when Sanchez was around. Like, it's been a, you know, it's been a long mm-hmm. A long time. Yeah, they actually beat the Patriots in, uh, in you know, during the Patriots run in the playoffs. But yeah, but it's been a while. They, they, they've been a bad team for for quite for quite a bit. So I had a question for you about this game. That's kind of related to the game, okay? Because uh, you know it's a road game for the Eagles. Uh, although I imagine there will be a bunch of Eagles fans going to this game. Uh, maybe. Uh, like, who are Jets fans? Like, I've never <laughs> understood this. You lived in North Jersey, so I feel like you know you're somewhat of an expert here. Um, I just, I don't understand like where I knew some Jets fans growing up. I, you know, I was, I grew up a little bit in a, you know, a central Jersey, if you believe such a thing exists. I knew some Jets fans, but like, like, where's their base? Like, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah. I went to college with a lot of, uh, you know, people from North Jersey. Um, and I feel like there are definitely more Giants fans than Jets fans, uh, just blanket statement like there there's sure. way more giants fans than jets fans um and then like my family uh lives in long beach island so like long beach island is sort of like the cutoff between like the north jersey people that that visit the shore and the south jersey people that visit the shore i think like anything north of long beach island and i guess the, the next one up would be like seaside like that's dominated by north jersey but like i feel like the fan percentage in Long Beach Island is probably like 40% Eagles, like 40% Giants, mm-hmm. if you're just splitting it between these three teams, and like 20% Jets. So like uh, in North Jersey, I lived in North Jersey for, for a number of years, there's still way more Giants fans up there than there is Jets fans. The Giants fans tend to be like older. Like I've, have you ever been to a Giants tailgate? No. So, like, I've been to a Giants tailgate before, and, like, there's literally people there with, literally, Brandon there, people there with, like, wine and cheese. <laughs> it's like, what? really? Are you serious? This is, what, this is what your tailgate is? You have wine and cheese, and you're hanging out? Like, you're, you're like, It's a classy team. You're classy like, fans. Ooh, taste those chestnut notes. Those notes. notes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
But Jets fans are a little bit more like Eagles fans. Like they're a little more uh, rowdy and rambunctious and such. Um, as far as like their demographic, like where they like, I think like Staten Island has a decent number of Jets fans. I think like Queens is pretty much dominated by, by, um, um, or maybe that's wrong. Cause I feel like, uh, the, G- the Giants and the Yankees, uh, like they ha- sort of have like a lot of, um, overlap in their fans, whereas the Jets and the Mets sort of have overlap. But we, you and I actually talked about this offline, like, um, in North Jersey, like, and like the New York area, rather, you turn on like WFAN, like the sports radio up there in like December, like yet baseball season isn't even going on. Like football season is just like that's like when it's like crunch time. Every call is like about the Yankees <laughs> or like some like some Mets, but there's barely any football hour here. It's the total opposite. Like in June, where there's no football, no training camp, nothing, it's still dominated by the Eagles. You hear almost nothing about like the Phillies. Sixers are getting like a little more, um, you know, attention around here because they're good or whatever. They at least have good players um, and they're interesting at times. But like for the football town that Philadelphia is, it's like sort of the same in New York except for baseball. Uh, but yeah, as far as like the, the difference between Giants and Jets fans, I would just say Giants fans are probably a little older and more boring and uh, Jets fans are more fun, but a little more spread apart. I think I respect the Jets, obviously not in terms of like them being they're awful. They've been so bad for so long, but like I, I can and obviously, yeah, they're in a different conference and they're not division rivals. So I'm saying comparatively to Giants fans. Uh, you know, I don't mind a Jets fan as much. Every Jet uh, fan I know, by the way, they know their team sucks, and they right, and yeah, they they're honest it. about it. Giants yeah. fans do not like they. That's a hundred percent. It's a great point. I know from these dumpster fire articles that that I write every year. Like they yeah. get super pissed at that every yeah. single. They're the biggest babies of the bunch. Like they're bigger babies than Cowboys fans. Then uh, what the Jets fans are a little bit like Washington football team fans. We're like, they know their team is a joke. Like they know mm-hmm. their team is an absolute disaster and they own it. Uh, but yeah, Gi- I respect Gi- that. Giants fans do. They have no sense of humor about their team whatsoever. That is absolutely true. I encountered that last week. Like, cause I, I, you know, did a question <laughs> and answer exchange with Ed Valentine, a big blue view. And some of the answers I wrote in there maybe could have been interpreted 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 as uh smug but like you know the eagles are playing well and the giants haven't been and i don't regret like writing what i did because the giants like didn't even play well they stunk they they won the game but like they didn't again they were terrible um so so yeah i actually get a little blowback after they like yeah screw you gouton maybe like not not a not a lot that i saw or or sought out maybe like an email or two but like i mean and how could they though again like you guys still sucks. Like, okay, you won the game. Like, I'm not trying to take away from that. Congrats. You won. It was your Super Bowl. It's like the only Super Bowl you have these days, uh, is beating the Eagles. Uh, but okay, great. Uh, you still, you guys are still terrible. And that's honestly, I was saying that on the mixtape to RJ. I was like, I want to highlight how bad the Giants are here. Not even just to like to troll the Giants fans and, and act like I'm bitter about the loss because I'm not in that sense. Like, I want to like make it seem even worse of a loss for the Eagles by highlighting how bad <laughs> right. the Giants are. But uh, getting back to the Jets, um, yeah, I mean, really bad. Uh, I, I, one thing I, I wanted to say something about them. I guess I, I kind of, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I lost it. Um, oh, I, I, I came up with it again. I feel like, and I feel like, does anyone care about this conversation, Jimmy? I don't know, but. <laughs> 
I feel like the Giants should be a New York team. Like they should they should play in New York actually, and not North Jersey. They should figure that out. They should play in New York somehow. And I feel like New Jersey should get the Jets. Like the New Jersey, and they should be the New Jersey Jets. They right. Should so they're like the New as, Jersey Devils, or like yeah, like New Jersey Nets. Now the Brooklyn Nets, of course. Like they're like it's good. The, alliter- it's good alliter- alliteration. They're the uh, other the green. Team. Yeah. The green makes sense because it's like the Garden State. I think it may, yeah, they should be New Jersey's team. New Jersey <laughs> should get its own team like that. Like they get to call their own team, the New Jersey Jets and the Giants. They played. Uh, they played near Newark, the Newark Airport. There, yeah. So that was funny when I, I can't remember if I brought this up on the joint training camp practices, but there were a lot of airplanes flying over that Jets <laughs> yes. practice facility, and I was like, oh, I get it now. That wasn't even the Newark Airport. That was the Morristown Airport. Well, there that you was, go. That, that oh yeah, right that's right. Because we were in Florham Park. But uh, but yeah, their their facilities are near an airport, and so is their stadium. But but a different airport. It it all, all it right. all matches. It all makes you're onto something here. <laughs> Any other Jets thoughts? Probably not. Nah, I think I'm all uh, tapped out on Jets thoughts. Okay. Oh, one thing we didn't mention uh, in terms of news is uh, Jack Driscoll is done for the season. Oh yeah. Um, he's got a high ankle sprain. It's his second stint on injured reserve and i didn't even realize that rule existed where if you go on ir twice now that you're done for the year but he's done for the year so uh three of their top four offensive guards are out uh two of them are done for the season in say milo and driscoll there's weirdness going on with brandon brooks like we've been asking Mm. nick sirianni about uh you know what what's going on with him any guesses on a return and they've given nothing and like they've offered nothing in return in terms of uh you know when he, they they said we won't be able to answer anything about him until uh after the bye week so i don't know what's going on there but uh originally it was thought to be like an 8 week injury and granted that was coming from so he got hurt week 2 against the 49ers and that was coming from Lane Johnson Lane Johnson is not a doctor of course uh, nor is he Brandon Brooks's doctor but he is friends with Brandon Brooks and you know should have maybe some inside info on that so he volunteered that it would be an eight-week injury. And, of course, now we are in week 13. Uh, again, he got injured week two. 13 minus two is 11 weeks. 11 weeks minus eight projected weeks out is three more than uh, was anticipated. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, I Do you think, like, do you think he play, come back, comes back at all, Brandon Brooks, this year? I'm not going to assume it. I'm not going to assume that's going to happen. I mean, there's still time left, so maybe. Um, but I would say less than 50% chance at this point. It just doesn't seem like we're, we're getting no information. There's been no reports about it. It just, that doesn't seem like positive to me. Um, and if he doesn't play again, quite possibly he's played his last snap yeah, with the Eagles yeah, yeah. already, which uh, is, I would say a that, that's probably gonna be the case no matter what, whether he comes back this year or not. Um, well, he, I mean, but he would, he'd play at the end of the year. I'm saying like, he, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, right. Right. He, like so you're saying he may have might, already played his last snap. Like at least like. At the end of the year, you might go into a final game like knowing that and like, okay, this is the last time I get to watch Brandon Brooks. To be kind of like, you know, more sad. Obviously, sure. it's just like, is this? Is there, it's it's done. It's already over. His Eagles career is already over. Um, that would be what I will say because yeah. he, he's about, a great. He's a great dude. Yes. Yeah. No disagreement. Um, <laughs> imagine someone had a take out there that Brandon Brooks actually like wasn't a good guy. Um, <laughs> uh, Jack to school third time on IR in two years he's been banged up a decent yeah. amount so that's kind of concerning like i know i think he's played well when he's been healthy but like that's something i would kind of like ding on that pick right now and and something i would like it's it's one of those things like you file away and you kind of monitor moving forward like can this guy actually stay healthy because that's kind of been an issue and he's not like the biggest guy either so i don't know if that's part of it um you know if that adds to the durability issues or whatever but uh 
that's kind of disappointing. I'd say like sneakily disappointing about that is that he continues to get hurt. Um, and it looks like it'll be Nate Herbig, I'm guessing. You know, well, Nick Sirianni so, did yeah, say. Yeah, Sirianni said today that uh, he'll get, Siri, uh, Herbig will get the first crack at it. But yeah, Driscoll played well at two positions. He played well in, in, uh, in, uh, played well for Lane Johnson at right tackle. And then, of course, he played well at right guard. Um, Herbig, by the way, we didn't mention this during our uh, complaint fest during the first segment, but uh, he had a, he had a couple of bad penalties. One of them uh, negated a Boston Scott touchdown, which, my opinion was an unnecessary hold by him. Like, yeah, he hooked him. He just like hooked him. Didn't and need he to didn't do it. Didn't need, need to it. do that. Yeah, and uh, that took that like that. We wouldn't even be talking about the uh, the you know the bad sequence near the end of the first half if, if that oh. hold doesn't happen. Um, so yeah, missed that one during our complaint session. Uh, anyway, you got anything else on uh, Jets Seagulls? Anything before we go to third segment picks? A last Jalen Hurts point I meant to bring up earlier is I can forgive Jalen Hurts in terms of like we talk about development and I think people talk about development really unrealistically a lot of times. I don't think his arm strength is going to get like a, like magically way better or his accuracy is going to be magically way better. Like some people seem to think it can be. One of the things I think that can might or might be able to get better is situational awareness and he had really bad situ- situational awareness uh, obviously to throw that pick and not like at least get three points. And there were other times earlier in the year where he like, he threw the ball away on fourth down on multiple occasions instead of at least giving the team a chance. I buy into that as something, maybe a quarterback can improve some of this other stuff. Like I just, I don't, I don't agree with that. So that's the last hurts thing. You know who has great situational, situational awareness. Uh, I think it's probably Roach Realtors of Roach Realtors.com. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors has the best, was voted actually by the Real Estate Commission of New Jersey as having the best situational awareness of any realtor in New Jersey. So if you're looking to buy or sell a house, you can call or text Kristen, again, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. Brandon? We will be back after this. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, she's the greatest, 856-906-9295, back here on BGN Radio for segment number three that means it's time for our nfl picks against the spread jimmy going in to week 13 you are 27 35 against the spread okay. so pick some up you were three and two last week uh i am 31 31 and back to 500 great <laughs> um we're doing a bang up job here. And then you are seven and five straight up in Eagles games. I am eight and four. Let's get to our picks for this week's game. Starting with Thursday night football, the Dallas Cowboys, Jimmy, are four and a half point favorites without Mike McCarthy, who tested positive for COVID at the New Orleans Saints. Who do you have? Yeah, I don't care about that. I think they're better off actually with, uh, uh, I mean, he doesn't call the plays on offense anyway. It's Kellen Moore. But, um, yeah, I don't think that matters. <laughs> like that, he's gonna be out, which probably doesn't. Uh, did, did that line even move with uh, with him being out? I did not see. But anyway, yeah, that's a steal. The Saints are the Saints are terrible. Um, 
So I'll gladly lay the four and a half and I'll take the Cowboys on Thursday night against them. Unless I'm mistaken, I think I did see Cowboys. Maybe the Cowboys were at seven at one point. Oh, were they? Okay. Maybe. That, that seemed kind of a little bit, it's like, eh, I don't know about that. Um, but at four and a half, I guess I'll, I'll lean with the Cowboys here. I just think, I know they've been on a bad run, but the Saints are pretty banged up. It looks like they might be starting Taysom Hill, but aren't even sure about it, the injury and stuff. I don't know. Uh, can't rely on the Saints right now. Going to take the Cowboys. Although if they you always lose this game, like <laughs> I still think it's too late for the Eagles, but it's just like it makes the loss of the Giants even more frustrating because it's like you, you could have taken advantage of this and you didn't. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts to me, which we should stop down here and note that assuming Carson Wentz plays like a full uh, allotment of snaps this week, about like 60, whatever he's kind of been averaging this season, then he will very most likely cross the 75% threshold mm-hmm. yes. on the season for he's already obviously playing at like 98 or whatever, 99.7 of the snaps currently. But if, even if he like played this game and he somehow missed every other game, the Eagles would still very much likely get that first round pick from the Colts. So, uh, People have that to look forward to. Uh, and thankfully for the Eagles, the Colts lost to the Bucks. Well, it looked like they might steal that game. The Colts are eight and a half point favorites at the Texans. I mean, I'm going to take the Colts because the Texans are pretty bad. Uh, yeah, I don't think just uh, lost to the Jets. I don't think anything needs to be said more about that game. I'm with you. I'll take the I'll take the Colts and I'll, I'll lay the eight and a half. And thank you for reminding me to pre-write my uh, we did it. Uh, Carson hit the snap, uh, hit, hit the snap count uh, benchmark. Uh, post. So thank you for that reminder. By the way, one of, just going back to the Cowboys Saints real quick. I actually think mm-hmm. it's better for the Eagles if the Saint if the Cowboys win this game mm. and 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 they're on out uh, for the rest of the year because um, they will. The more they win, the more likely it is that they because they're not the, 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 so that they've lost enough already. Where like they're almost certainly not going to get the the number one seed. Uh, so if it's uh, be- between like them being like the two seed or the three seed or something like that, like those two seeds, there might not be a difference. You don't want to be the four seed because you're going to have to play. Actually, the Rams really haven't looked good recently, but you're probably going to have to play them. And the Rams are still better than the other wild card contenders. But Maybe. if it's just between like the two seed and three seed, they might rest their starters if like they're locked into one of those two seeds. So I think like it's best for them to just win the rest of their games and in this game in particular, the saints are, you know, in theory, uh, a wild card, uh, yeah. playoff competitor, uh, for the Eagles. So I actually think it's better for the Eagles. If the Cowboys win this game. Uh, anyway, giants at Dallas. Well, I disagree. Oh, you just do. Okay. Well, I just, I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, I get what you're saying. There's, I think there's logic to it, but I just, I mean, it's the Cowboys still. And like, I'm not, I, I phrase it to RJ is it's kind of a win-win to me. Like if the Cowboys lose, you're not going to be really mad about that. Um, but you're just talking I'd, about from like a preference of, you know, you know, I still think it's Eagles good fans to keep hate a, that team and they, and they want them to No, lose. it's not just that. That's okay. part of it. But like, I still think you want to keep, I don't even want them to get even close to getting the one seed. Like, I don't even want that to be like, I, I know it might be already out of reach for them, but still, like, I think you just, I still, still rooting for that to not even they be still possible. They have the Cardinals on their schedule too, right? They do. And week, uh, the week, bef- week 17, I think uh, the week before the Eagles game. They lost to the Bucks already. So that's not good for them. Or week 16. It's late in the year. I don't think um, they played the Packers. They didn't play the Packers. No, so. they played the uh, Vikings um, in the AFC, NFC North. Uh, last thing on the Colts, they are currently 10th in the AFC playoff picture, which is very crowded. Uh, the teams ahead of them currently are uh, the Broncos at 9, Raiders at 8, 
Chargers at the seven, and then the Bills at the six seed and the the Bengals. So I think might actually end up winning the AFC North, much to the chagrin of Rachel here. Um, uh, I, think, I think the Colts are going to get in. By the way, so What's, it's possible. Who's Rachel a fan of? Uh, Rachel grew up as a Ravens fan. Oh, okay. Um, obviously she is adopted now, the Eagles, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, they can get in, obviously, but, uh, you know, really root for the, and that's, that's tough because the, you know, again, I, I mentioned the Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos are all ahead of the Colts and those teams play each other. So they're going to do some damage to each other there, all being in the same division. So, uh, point being, you know, really root for the Bills and the, and the Chargers and the Raiders and the, and the Broncos. So that pick doesn't drop to, if the Colts make the playoffs, the pick is 19, right? At best, the very best case scenario. Uh, I believe so. If they make the playoffs, yeah, the, the highest, yeah. That's, that's where, uh, Washington picked this last year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but we have the Colts winning this game. So, eh. uh, Giants at Dolphins. Giants, Daniel Jones might not be starting. He did a press conference today. It seems like it's kind of unclear. He may or may not be starting. Might be make Mike Lennon against the Dolphins, who Dolphins have won what? Four in a row now, I yes. believe. They're, they started out one and seven. They're five and seven and they're not dead in the playoff picture. They're probably not going to make it, but look at their next couple games here. They get the Giants this week. They get the Jets next week and then they get the Saints. Like, yeah. That could be three more wins. And all of a sudden, like, you know, even if they don't make the playoffs, like, I think the Eagles can kiss a top 10 pick goodbye from them. I don't think they're getting a top 10 pick. And their, their own stuff. pick is now higher than the Dolphins for the first time all year. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one. The Giants are terrible. The quarterback might be injured or it might be Mike Lennon, whatever. The offense still stinks. Uh, Dolphins have some legitimate momentum. And Tua's been playing better. Like, like not just mm-hmm. – hasn't just been, like, the defense or – like, he's had some good games. They, they played some lesser teams, but he's actually playing uh, some good football right now. Uh, I saw a good stat about him uh, this week that, like, he's, like, one of the top quarterbacks in the league when it comes to RPOs. He's, like, having a ton of success on those. Um, so, anyway, I'm going to take the Dolphins at four and a half. What about you? I saw something nice in the Dolphins uh, against that ra- against the Ravens in that game that were, like, everyone, all Eagles fans were mad at the Ravens for sort of laying an egg. But you know, it wasn't just totally that the Ravens played badly. Like, the Dolphins took it to them in that game, and, you know, they really blitzed the living crap out of LeVar Jackson. But uh, I think their defense is starting to – come into form and play a little bit like they did uh, a year ago where they confused a lot of offenses. I remember uh, on the podcast, I said that, you know, the Dolphins Jets game was my lock of the year. And that was actually looking a little dicey at times during that game, but they did uh, eventually, you know, cover for me. But, uh, and then last week I thought like their, their, their game against the uh, Panthers was a, like an easy one to call as well. Like they're going to yeah. handle that team pretty easily as well. They were getting um, points at home, right? I I think they I think they got two yeah. points at home against the I didn't understand that. Like I thought they were clearly the better team. And in this case, they're clearly the better team against the Giants. And uh, this 4.5 point line uh, looks extremely low to me, especially if, you know, Giraffe – uh, Mike Lennon is starting this game. So like, give me the dolphins all day against that guy. I'll lay the four and a half, like all day. Give me, put me down. Like not my lock of the year. Uh, but certainly I like that game a lot. I'll take the dolphins and I'll lay the four and a half all day. Really hope there are some people who don't get the draft Mike Lennon reference. I don't want you to explain it. I just want them to sit out there and think about that. I mean, they can Google it, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's funny. It is true though. Uh, that brings us to the football team. 
at the Oakland, no, the Las Vegas Raiders. The <laughs> I, do that, Raiders. I do that too often. I finally Almost. corrected myself a little bit, like calling uh, the Chargers the San Diego Chargers. Uh, that took me like years, but I, I, I they should be back that. in San Diego though. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, football team who wait, they've won three straight, I believe just, you know, beat the Seahawks on Monday night football as the Washington football team. They beat the original Washington football team and the Raiders are two and a half point favorites in this game. I'm actually going to go with the Raiders here. Uh, you know, they're coming off extra rest, having played on Thanksgiving, where the Washington football team is on short rest, and then they have to travel across the country. And the football team is doing some nice things recently, but I don't think that, you know, they're like amazing all of a sudden. Right. Um, I, I do think, the, I think it could be close, but I think Deshaun's going to have like a big play, as he usually does against his former teams. And that could be the difference in this game. And the Raiders getting less than the standard or, or giving, I guess, less than the standard three. Like to me, I, I kind of feel comfortable riding with them. I've seen some uh, concern expressed by our friends over at Hogshaven. Like they think this is like going to be a tough game for them. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going with their kind of vibe too. And I'm going to take the Raiders to win. Yeah, football team had a really nice win over Tampa. And then, uh, yeah, their their two most recent wins were over Carolina and Seattle. So, like, too bad. Seattle's, like, not a good team anymore. Um, Raiders look good on uh, Thursday on Thanksgiving uh, against the Cowboys. Like, they have legitimate playmaking ability. I don't know if uh, – did you happen to see if, like, Darren Waller's going to play in this game? Because he got hurt in that Cowboys didn't game. Yet. Yeah, um, good point. So that fact that would factor in a little bit. I haven't done any research on that at all, but – um, what either way, I'll take the Raiders in this game. Like I actually think f- Washington was two and six at one point, and uh, you know now, now they're sitting in the seven seed. I killed them off in my you know my hierarchy uh, obituary thing, and uh, now they're not sitting, the first time you might have killed them off too soon, <laughs> right? But their their schedule coming up is difficult because they got they're yeah. they're in uh, Las Vegas this week, of course. Then they have the Cowboys. Then they're at Philly, and then they're at the Cowboys, and then they have the and they have Philly at home, which you know that's I don't think they're I don't think the Eagles are an easy game, of course. Uh, you know, after we kind of crapped on them for for the entirety of this episode, they're still not like a pushover team or anything like that. And then they finish out the season uh, at the Giants, so yeah, they have a tough schedule uh, the rest of the way. Uh, ultimately, I don't think they're getting into the playoffs, uh, and I think it starts uh, this week against the Raiders. They take a loss there. Then we get to the Eagles, six and a half point favorites against the Jets. This line has actually gone down. Eagles open hmm. as seven point favorites, which is a little, hmm, yeah, why? Was that, that like, happening? was Vegas maybe like, or people like swayed by this nonsense? Uh, Hertz, Hertz reporting thing. that like mm. his ankle is maybe going to make him not play or something. I, I mean, know. even so, like that's like cat, it's like a huge <laughs> drop off from Jalen Hurts to Gardner Minshew that you have to, like you know the line is changing. I don't know yeah. about that. Uh, so I'm going to take the Eagles here. I don't know what you point to on the Jets that makes you feel like great about them being able to win this game, other than maybe the Joe Flacco revenge factor. He's giving the Jets all their secrets, but I mean, like, who cares? That doesn't matter, or shouldn't matter at least. The Eagles. For all their faults, like I just don't think they can lose this game twice in a row. And I think we've seen them beat bad teams comfortably this mm-hmm. year. So like I think they very much have the potential to be able to do that against a listless, I would say, Jets team. I know they're coming off a win, but like, okay, you beat the Texans. Uh, still a really bad team. I think the Eagles are going to be disappointed after that loss to the Giants, as they should be, and look to right the ship this week. And it would be a nightmare 
from a standpoint of not only would you lose to the Jets, but then you have to deal with that going into your bye week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you like yeah, get a whole like like extra week of just being like we lost to the freaking Jets after losing to the Giants, the two worst teams in the NFL since 2017. So I just don't envision that happening. I think the Eagles bounce back this week. I don't know if it's like by 30 points, but I think it's at least, you know, it's enough to cover. It's at least more than it's more than one possession. It's more than one possession game. Uh, so I will take the Eagles to cover this game and win. Yeah, I think the Eagles have enough veteran leadership where they can uh, bounce back after a, a you know really frustrating bad loss. Um, I don't know if I – I'm trying to decide if like it's – I don't know. This is even a stupid comment. <laughs> like going back to the same stadium uh, to play another road game. Uh, if that factors in in any way. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe there's a like extra focus in terms of like, we're going back to the same stadium. We're not losing in the stadium. Right. Twice in a row. Like, yeah, we're yeah. not letting that happen. So I don't know if that's uh, any sort of motivating factor or not, but uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, the Eagles are obviously a much, much more talented uh, better football team than than this, uh, you know. Really, I mean, we're we're talking about the team. It's a, they have the worst point differential in the NFL. They're like yep. minus one thirty five. Like, what are we doing here? If you can't beat this team, then just pack it in. So uh, I think the Eagles aren't ready to pack it in yet. I think they win this game, and I think they win it going away. And I don't like that I have uh, all five of my picks here where I'm laying yeah. points. I don't like that, but uh, that's just kind of how it worked out this week. But yeah, I'll take the Eagles and I'll lay the six and a half. If you could change one to which one, if you had to change one, I would change probably one, take the football team. Okay. Um, what do you think about the Eagles going down the stretch here? That's what we'll wrap up with. I, because I was kind of looking at their final games as I, I saw, you know, I was watching the Washington game on Monday night and I was like, and in part because the Eagles play Washington twice. And I'm like, they're not sweeping this team. I don't think they're going to sweep Washington. <laughs> right, no, I agree. Um, let's I predict think them. They, let's, let's, let's predict yeah. each game the rest of the way. Yep. So Jets. they play the Jets this week. I think that's a win. Yep, me too. Win. Uh, Washington at home after the bye. Uh, so I don't know which one. They're they're going to split these games, in my opinion. Uh, you can pick or choose whatever. So let's say they win this one because it's at home. I also have a win on that one. All right. Uh, Giants at home. Uh, that's a win. They're going to smoke they're, the Giants at home. They're not going to get swept by the Giants. So we have a three-game winning streak here. We're going yeah, to get some interest but, back in this in this team. Uh, yeah, but then they're going to lose to Washington. <laughs> right. And then uh, – so we both have a loss there. And then uh, week 18 versus the Cowboys. That's, so that's, the, that's the tricky one. Yeah. So I think the Eagles are going to be 8-8, eight and eight, right, heading into week 18. Mm-hmm. And it kind of – like what happens there? And there's a chance the Cowboys rest their starters, like as you said, the scenario. Or they might be locked into the four seed. Like there's a chance they rest them. Uh, if the Cowboys play their starters – uh, I don't. I can't just assume the Eagles are going to win that game. Um, I think I might gonna. I'm gonna have it down as a loss. I have it down I as a loss they, definitively because I don't think they're going to rest their starters. I think that game's going to mean something to them, uh, seeding wise. Because again, like I said earlier, it's like the only seeds that aren't going to matter are if it's they have the two or the three. And I don't like. There's not likely, in my opinion, that there's going to be a scenario where it's it's that seed or the other, and that's it. So they're going to want to win this game, I think, that that week. And then they're, they're obviously a lot better than the Eagles. Also back in, I think it was 2018, when the Cowboys had locked things up in uh, ahead of Week 17, um, they still played their starters against the Giants anyway, which I thought was dumb. Mm. But Jason, no, so Jason Garrett was still the head coach then, so I don't know if that was a him thing as much as – I think it was 2018 because they won the division that year. 
Um, so it wasn't 2019 because the Eagles won the division. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 2018 where they, they had everything locked up, but they played the starters anyway, just like pride or whatever. Mm. I don't know. And I, again, I thought it was a dumb decision, but they did win. Dak threw a touchdown at the end. Um, that might have been an overcorrection of when they rested starters the year okay. in 2016. And then they lost yeah, uh, against to the, the Packers. Eagles, right. Yeah. 2016, they, they, you know, that was the year they went like 13 and three or 12 and four, yep. 13 and Dax three. Rookie year. Yep. And then, um, they lost in that, that amazing Jared game against the, <laughs> against the Packers for the field goal. It was, it was going to miss. And then it, went, it like corrected itself. And <laughs> you love that field goal. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, but maybe I wonder how much of that though is like, you know, Jerry Jones too, kind of being like a purist and being like, we're not going to just, you know, uh, sit the starters against the Eagles, especially if the Eagles might need that game to yeah, get into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to just assume they're going to rest the starters. So I think it's, it's fair to predict a loss there. So you have eight and, eight and nine. Eight and nine, as you know, is what I had them back when we did a podcast right after the schedule was released in, uh, in May. So I guess, you know, on target there. But yeah, I think they're, so that puts them what three and two in this final five game stretch. Yes. I think that sounds about right. Even if, even if it's maybe that not that exact, uh, outcome of teams like we did, I, I think three and two is what they're looking at down the stretch here. I think they're looking at an eight and nine finish, which obviously wouldn't be good enough to make the playoffs right i mean you're not making the playoffs i mean probably not though like not impossible but well the team sitting in the seven seed right now is five and six so yeah it's not out of the question they'd have they'd have to win a tiebreaker i think over there like there will be at least another team but that uh, team also is an zero and two in the division which is important yeah well it'll be if it's against a um a non-divisional like so if they're tied with a non-divisional team then that won't be the tiebreaker. It'll be head-to-head well, head, first of all. Tie, though, I think. It'll be head-to-head head and then conference record. I think if there's a three-way tie, though, I think that gets involved. Isn't um, it a conference record, though? I don't know. Den- Dennis, <laughs> loyal listener, Denise, Dennis yeah. knows. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so we both have them not making the playoffs. I mean, not impossible, but it's like a 20% chance from an odds perspective. Um, I think – you know, it's probably seventh seed at best, right? That's what they're probably looking at if they do. Well, who's the sixth seed right now? It's the forty niners. They have the tiebreaker over six, them, right? So yeah, but they have the tiebreaker. But yeah, the, yeah, the Niners beat them week two. All right. Uh, any final thoughts about anything, Jimmy? Uh, yeah. So exasperated sigh. One uh, one thing I'll note from uh, Thanksgiving is. Uh, like my, I I feel like I didn't give enough credit to. Like we talked about like our favorite sides and stuff. I feel like I didn't give enough credit to like Carvel ice cream, like the hmm. ice cream cake, which is just delicious. I mean, let's uh, let's just be real. You get Carvel right with the yeah, I've had the it. Chocolate crunchies. It's like absolutely you get some vanilla in there. You get some chocolate in there, and uh, normally we get a uh, like a. A Carvel cake that's like in the shape of like you know it's like a turkey, um, ice cream of course it's not turkey but it's a picture of a turkey. This year uh, the snowman was much much cuter than the turkey, so I bought the snowman because he was cute and uh, uh, also delicious too. Uh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my final point is that. Uh, Hashtag BGN Good Eats is, you know, I like to highlight food. I had some great pizza over the weekend okay. from Eliahu's and Yardley, which I can't remember if I plugged them before, but I if I have, so. I have not, 
I've not had a picture uh, like I do now on my Instagram at Brandon Gowden, which you can go see. I got multiple good pizzas. They so they did like a Brooklyn style that was probably the best. But they also had this tri sauce pizza, which had uh, so like a normal red, but then mm-hmm. it also had vodka sauce on there and pesto. Man, that just the vodka sauce it was it was really strong. Really, really liked that. Um, so go give them a try if you're in Bucks County or traveling through or something. Really good. Um, wanted to say thank you to all the loyal listeners out there who are posting their Spotify, like most listened to things, podcasts and whatever, uh, and have tagged us in those. So I really appreciate that. And you have some, uh, more and you haven't shared it yet. Send it out. We'll definitely send you a retweet. We'll, we'll thank you for that. We really appreciate you listening as always, even though <laughs> we spent most of the podcast complaining about the Eagles early on. We, we appreciate it. Um, Oh, you know what? One some... thing I'll note too, by the way, like we ask questions in the uh, like when you rate and review or whatever, um, sure. Because we have the bye week coming up, so oh yeah, good point. Uh, we can handle some a of those, bunch of those uh, questions uh, next, uh, probably the next time we pod. Great point. And if you've already left a review, you can update your review just with that question, and it pops to the top if you didn't know that. Um, so yeah, re- writing, leave a writing, leave a rating, leave a review, all that good stuff. Uh. I mean, we're on YouTube, not yet here on BGN Radio, but there is a, a Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel, obviously, which the post game is on. So like, you know, subscribe to all that to, to make sure you're getting those shows and all the other shows here at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton, Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky, BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio, Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter at Bleeding Green, Bleeding Green Nation also on Instagram at Bleeding Green Insta. I already gave out my Instagram handle. It's the same thing as my Twitter at Brandon Gowton. I'm also on Cameo if you really want one of those. If you really do, that's an option for you. Um, Jimmy is available at phillyvoice.com. I'm available at bleedinggreennation.com. I think that just about does it for all the plugs, Jimmy, except for righteousfelon.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Wildnaturepet.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Roach Realtors or RoachRealtors.com. You cannot use discount code BGN15 there for 15% off a house, but you can call or text a number. Eight, five, six, nine, zero, six, nine, two, nine, five. Okay, so go do that, and we will talk to you all next time. Presumably, with the Eagles beating the Jets, heading into the bye week, we'll see. Goodbye, everybody. BGN. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people.